The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Hey, that's me. We tried a live intro for this one. This is so stupid. Is that the first time? First time ever. I probably screwed it up. I'm with Katie Nolan from Fox Sports, who... I've been excited to have on have you on for a long time. That I, I can't even do my, the intro here. correctly. I, I think you nailed it. I think you did a great job. You're in L.A. and you don't like L.A. No. You well, like the East Coast because you're from the East Coast. Yes. And it's safe and the sanctity and the, a little bit of a Stockholm Syndrome mentality of the weather. You like the seasons. No. I okay. like the weather in L.A. I like that it's warm because it's mm. currently like 10 you in see, New York. Right. You, you upgraded by 70 so, degrees. Yeah. So that part's cool. It's just the traffic. Like, I can't tell how long it's going to take me to get to the next place I need to go today because you guys just have to put in this, like, hour buffer anytime mm. you go anywhere. That's true. Um, also, this may be just a personal gripe, but I took an Uber here and the woman had no idea where she was going. And that You can't judge like, LA by that. But you can't, you can't drive Uber if you don't know where you're going. In New York, they know where they're going. I'm sorry, did they solve the traffic problems in New York and, yeah. I, and I missed it? Yes. Because I was there last it's week and there was traffic. not the same. And there's a subway system. If you don't want to sit in the traffic, point. go underground. That's not an option here. And that, that sucks. That is the flaw in the ointment of mm-hmm. the LA package. And the last thing I don't like about LA is that everything is like a kale smoothie as opposed to like a steak. It's just a... Have you had a kale, kale. smoothie? They're I delicious. Not, I have I, You know, people say that. I don't believe it. I'm not a kale smoothie kind of person. Mm. Yeah, Are they the, chunky? They taste like kale if it was a liquid. Uh, see, I've never had kale. So I don't know what that. Kale's I don't know what that means. For you. I know that's why I've never had it. Do they have they have Robix in New York and stuff like that though? Like it's the aerobic. juice, Robix juice. Oh yeah, probably. Juice drinks. I don't Get juice some much. beet carrot and you don't juice that much. No. No. <laughs> You're one of my favorite massholes. Really? That was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I'm honored. Yeah, you grew up in honored. Framingham. Mm-hmm. And we had a very similar kind of, I don't want to say the word rise, because it would be the wrong word. More Because tw- I haven't yet risen. <laughs> well, no. Well, you're doing really well. You have your own show. Yeah. Got announced today. I didn't even know that was going to happen when Re- I booked this I didn't, fancy did podcast. I. We should talk about it later. Um, we had the same toiling experience. Yeah. We both toiled. As um, a bartender. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you bartended way longer than I did. And you were like doing bartending in Austin, which is like... A big deal. Th- that's in the worst kind of way. It's not like high end. It's like high volume. High volume and lots of college kids mm-hmm. and people who probably you're not probably getting tipped a ton and or you're at probably all. Hit on a lot, if and, at all. Yeah. yeah. Yes. A lot um, of that. Yeah. It was like really being in the minors for yeah. the bartending. Miller High Life's. Yeah. Dollar twenty five a bottle. So you cut. So you're working there, and at the same time you're you're doing videos for Gaiaism. Mm-hmm. Well, tell the story. I don't want to tell your story. You, I, tell you your were doing story. such a good job. No, you tell. Jump you in. make it sound so much more legit when you Jump say in, because this is a great story. It's inspiring. Well, okay, so I was bartending and bored because I was dealing with the college kids all the time. So I started a blog um, where I would write to keep myself occupied and my brain going. So and, what year is this? Oh, I'm so bad at these things. This so is why I don't like fill out like resumes. 2009 area? Pro- 10? Prob- probably like 2000 and what year is it right now? 15. <laughs> so probably like 2010-ish. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Whatever. And so I started a blog and I did that for like a year. Nobody was reading it, but I was posting on it like six times a day. So what are you writing in this blog? It was like a, um, it was like sports, but also pop culture. It was kind of to compare it to something that exists. It was like Barstool, but it was written all by me. Right. 
And so I did female that. Female perspective or just general yeah, perspective? Yeah, yeah. Female, per- I guess, my perspective. Okay. And so then I was doing that, and then um, Guyism uh, contacted me, and we're like, we want you to write for us. So then I wrote weekly posts for their website for free. But it was, you know, quid Unpaid. pro quo. So they would yeah. send everybody to my website. But I still hadn't figured out how to, like, make money off my website. So then I started getting more traffic, but I still didn't have any ads or anything on it. Right. It's genius. Um, and so then Guyism was like, we're doing a, we're going to launch a daily video rundown of the news with jokes. We were going to hire a model to, like, read our jokes. But we figure it's cheaper to have you write your own and do it yourself we could save money we wouldn't have to hire as many people so would you do it and i was like absolutely not and then they were like why not i was like i'm awful on video i'm very uncomfortable and i'm awkward um that's not just me being relatable that's absolutely true if you can find old guys and videos of mine they're Uh-oh. so bad right i think i've i think i've burned them from the internet but so i tried it for a little um it got better pr- a little bit progressively um but wait, you hadn't quit the bar yet. No. This was so this was five days a week I was doing these videos and I would go work at the bar and my shift would be over when the bar would close like one or two and then I would stay and you have to clean and all that, get home at like three thirty and then just start writing my jokes for the next day's video and then I would film it and then I would sleep and then I would wake you up. You would film the videos that night? Mm-hmm. Because I had to have them up by eleven or noon. I don't remember now, but every half hour I was late, I got docked money by Guyism. So like I didn't have any so that's when I was like, okay, this is stupid. Like I'll just make guys and pay me more and I have to quit my bar job because I can't do both. And then uh So that would I mean but that was a couple years of your life. That was two I did the guys and videos for two years of my life. Yeah. And you're working like eighty Five days a week. Eighty five hours a week probably. Yeah. It was a lot of work. See I always get that question from people where people are like, how do I how do I get into the business? What should I do? Give me advice. And I, there's no advice. I don't. Yeah, there's no advice other than what, outwork everybody else. Yeah, That's really do, literally the only advice. I, the thing I learned from that, the the biggest lesson I learned from that period of my life was do something so often that like when you wake up in the morning, it's like, well, this is my job. I just have to do it. Yep. And then you get to a point where you're in a routine and you stop worrying so much and you just say, it's my job. I have to do it. So every day I'd be like, I have to make a video today. So I could sit around and be like, these jokes aren't funny or this isn't working. But at the end of the day, I have to get a video up because that's my job. So it just became this routine. And then it got to a point where you stop worrying about all the little stuff and you just focus on getting it done. Yeah, you weren't out thinking yourself. Yeah. You're just doing it because I have do a that yeah. a lot. Because when you work from home and you're working for yourself, you're like, I could spend 12 hours a day making this one video, but then my quality of life is like, yeah, I think like the first maybe 20 months where I had my own site that I, that I started, and like initially it was $50 a week I was getting. I was writing like uh, Crazy. three comms a week and then doing all other stuff, but then I was also working in a restaurant. And, um, Eventually, you burn out, but you can sustain it for like 18, yeah. I don't know, 24 months, something like that. But you get to a point where and it sounds like you were the same way. I just want to get noticed. And it was a lot harder to get noticed in the late 90s because the internet didn't work like it did now. We didn't have social media. People barely True. knew how to forward But there were URLs. also less people that you were competing True. against. You know, nowadays, people are like, oh, I'll just make a YouTube channel and then a TV show will find me. But it's like everybody's doing that. There are less people, but it's really hard to overstate um, how stupid people were with the internet. Like, people like my dad couldn't even really get 
on email until like two thousand. Don't you still have an AOL email account? I do. You can't really make fun of people for not I have catching up with the internet. I, you have like I've a BlackBerry. E- I've emailed you from my BlackBerry via AOL. It, so yeah, is there an app for that? How does that work? <laughs> it's it's me. It's my app. It's That's just, amazing. It's the Bill Simmons app. Because you're the only person with a yeah. BlackBerry and an AOL email address in two thousand. I, so- I have something else old school too. I can't remember. But here's the thing. Both of those are coming back. Mm, oh, yeah. The Blackberry is not Blackberry coming is back. so coming back. They're making a new thing. No, they're not. So anyway, the point is to, to, to <laughs> yep, divert from myself. Yep. Um, but yeah, you just got to work hard. Yeah. Like if you'd given up at any point, you don't have and a you, show premiering on think, Fox next month. You think about giving up a lot. Because it's like, I'm making these videos. I'm writing these posts. Literally nobody's reading them or watching them. So you get to the point where it's like, I don't feel good today, or I got into a fight with my boyfriend and I'm sad. I don't want to make a funny video and I don't have to because no one's really watching them. Right. But you just say, yeah, do it. You have to do it. And then it, pay- I can't say it pays off. It pay- I got very lucky. Um, I don't know if it would always pay off, but I just, my only advice I ever give people when they ask me for it, which I'm totally unqualified to give, is just keep doing it. Well, you know, I told you this. But not on the podcast, but another time when we talked. Like the, those years when you're toiling away and nobody really was watching your stuff was the best thing that could have happened to you. Yeah. Because I th- the thing I worry about with people now, because it's so easy to get your stuff seen and it's so easy to get any semblance of an audience when you're 23, 24, 25, it takes one blog post can get forwarded around. You just yeah. never know. And it's almost better for people not to see all your mistakes. You're going to take more chances. Right. I'm sure you have. 20 videos you wish you hadn't done or you think like oh my god that's the stupidest thing I can't believe I did that Mm -hmm. I have a bunch of those comps people dig them up too and find them yeah yeah, you don't want to start in the spot that's why I almost didn't take the job with Fox when they first contacted guys to try to bring me onto Fox I was like I'm not ready for that yet I don't have any TV experience at all so I definitely don't think I'm ready and they were like no just come try it and they had me read off a prompter which I'd never seen before in my life and I did awful I like bombed my audition and I was like yeah I'm definitely not ready for this and then I did it anyway (laughs) I don't know what the moral of that story is all I know is that I'm glad that I got to work out some of my other stuff when nobody was watching and on a show like Crowd Goes Wild where Nobody was watching. But that was great. That was also great for you. Yeah, it was you good. You had, how long was it on? Nine months? I think so. Yeah, something like that. Felt you got like a lot of reps. A couple of years. You got a yeah. lot of reps on. Yeah, uh, I remember we had that conversation. You were like, yeah. it's good that no one's watching. It's like, thanks, Bill. It was true. Yeah, I guess. It wasn't, you know, ultimately true. Were you better in month nine or month one? Uh, month nine, 100%. Like, like way better, right? Way better, yeah. Yeah. But still not as good as, you know, I, I remember. When I started doing TV, I made the plunge and did PTI. And Just your first? That was the first time I really did a studio thing. I'd done a couple other ones. And I would still – I'd get nervous. And it wasn't like I was nervous to be on. I would just would overthink it and think about all the ways it could go wrong. And by the time I did That's it, I'm me. like – I not, still do that. Yeah. yeah. But I, now I'm at a point I don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, no. I just do it. I'm not there yet. I'm gonna, I'll be there. I'm not there yet. I was like two-thirds of the way through Countdown. The first season I did it was the first time. I used to get like feel it in my, my chest a little bit. My heart would start pounding. I wasn't nervous, but I could feel my heart doing that. And that yeah. would make me nervous. And then by like March, I was like, eh, they turn the camera on and we talk. And then they turn the camera off. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, I think it's the it's the like repetition of it. Because Crowd totally. Goes Wild, when it was like we would have an awful show. And I, at the end of the show, I'd be like, that sucks. I hated that. 
Yeah. But you have to wake up the next morning and do another. So it was like you don't really have time to dwell on it. And then it just became like the cameras are on. We have to get this done. We're going to talk. Let's make it good. And you don't notice as much. But now my problem is that now that that was, you know, canceled uh, and I haven't been really like consistently doing anything on TV. Now I'm like, oh, I'm rusty. And I got to like yeah. brush off the. Which is great because from the chaps to do yeah because now day. I've got a, a new show with my name on it that everyone's watching episode one to be like is it gonna suck or is it gonna be good and I'm trying to use episode one and two to like get the gears rolling again so it's good I'm gonna I think avoid Twitter for the first two weeks of the I new would show. not look at Twitter replies at all it's so hard you got you got to avoid it well it would be easier if I had like a BlackBerry. And wouldn't be able to physically look at my Twitter replies. <laughs> Can I just tell you how bad the the BlackBerry for the Twitter for BlackBerry app is? It is? Awful? It's you don't have to terrible. tell me everything for BlackBerry. It's, it's do you have a trackball? So slowly. Do you have a trackball? Do they terrible. still have trackballs? Or is it a pad now? Or did you get the BlackBerry Storm? I bought a 2011 BlackBerry on eBay because I like the old ones. That's how pathetic I am. I like so it does have a trackball. Um, no, no, the little pad it, no thing? it's got the little yeah the little pad thing whatever all right mm. so crowd goes wild <laughs> just gonna keep I have no defense for the BlackBerry all I know is I write email I write a lot more emails than everybody else really yeah you I'm like 10 times more productive I feel like I used to hit too many keys at once I wrote a blog post yesterday for our Grantland uh, thing about Gordon Dragic I wrote it on my BlackBerry I couldn't have done that on an iPhone really yeah that surprises me yeah does it have autocorrect no do you really need autocorrect <gasps> yes Yes. All autocorrect does is make things worse. Sometimes. I don't like autocorrect. Okay. So, crowd goes wild. It's on for nine months. Mm-hmm. And eventually... Womp, womp, womp. They cancel it. Canceled. But you're under contract. Mm-hmm. They picked up my option. They picked up your option. Which I, I didn't so know So, you've what done that pretty meant. well on the show. You had a little bit of a following going. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're just doing the videos and that it, wondering what's next. Yeah. Just waiting. So, who are your role models at this point? Like, what are you thinking? What do you want to do? Like at that point in yeah, my yeah, you'd think I, I want to be this. I'm, I want to follow this career path. I want to have I mean, this show. This guy Bill Simmons, no. who bartended. I feel like we were already like you know like this, and then I saw him go like this, and I'm like, that's me. Um, no, Except I don't know. I'm like forty years older than you. It was yeah. We'll see. That's what I'm saying. I'm just gonna. I'm I'm eventually gonna pass you. We're just yeah. not there yet. It's on the way, it's on the way <laughs> it's to happening. The, just kidding. Um, I don't know. It was. Uh, I was watching, like, you know, we've had this conversation about her before, but Michelle Beadle, who yeah. I admire and have always admired, um, who actually started following me on Twitter back bef- way before the Fox thing happened. And it was like, I remember the best day of my life because I was this huge Beatle fan. Then all of a yeah. sudden she followed me on Twitter and sent me a message about something being funny. And I was like, how the hell did she even find me? What do I do now? And I tried to play it cool. Mm. And I, I get really weird. When people that I like really adore and idolize contact me, because yeah. I start to overthink. It's like you would be with like a person that you have a crush on. I right. just get very like, please don't come off creepy, but don't come off like you don't care because you care, but don't care too much. And then I just, I think I blew it that first time we chatted on Twitter. But so she's always been a person that I look at as like, she is herself and that's her job. Right. And I love that. And I think she should have a, a bigger platform of her own. But um, I agree. <laughs> We've been trying to give her a podcast for five months. Not that that's the bigger platform. Yeah, but. no, but she she's just, you know, she's capable of a lot. She's very talented and can carry a show. 
And I love that about her. I, there was an uh, forever ago, a random episode of Sports Nation that I was watching where she just off the top of her head was dropping jokes mm-hmm. that you could tell were not scripted. And it was just like, that's amazing. You're just kind of just jumping in and saying what you think. They're very funny. And it's adding to the conversation. And that was like years ago. And I just remember thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to yeah. be able to talk about the things I like and also be fun and be funny and be myself and have that be my job. But there's a downside to that, too, because when you're yourself for your job, when people criticize how you are at your job, it's like they're criti- like you suck at being you. It's like, but, I, but wait, I know that feeling that sucks. Like <laughs> if I could be an, like if I if I were acting people like, oh, Kim Kardashian sucks. Yeah. The part that she shows to us, maybe she's a really nice person. I don't know. No. Okay, bad example. But like, if you're doing your job or you're like playing a role and someone hates you, that's easy to separate yourself from. It's like, oh, they just hate who I am on that show. But when you go to work and you're like, this is me, and people are like, you suck. It's like, wait, wait. Are people so you you read your Twitter replies? I, I always read my Twitter replies. So I don't c- like people who say don't read them because that's victim blaming. It's not my fault they said something mean. Don't make that, like, my fault. Tell them not to say something mean. I know, but it's only getting worse. I know. It's only going to get worse. Internet muscles. Internet muscles are getting bigger and bigger. I know. But I can't can't ignore it because, in part, it got me to where I am. I mean, like, having an online presence and replying back to people and not being, you know, not – it's not like a one-way – street i almost said a one-way tweet (laughs) like i don't tweet things and then not interact with people because that's just not how i've ever done things and i know that it would make me probably a lot happier to avoid reading i I used to i was like that for about seven years i could take anymore yeah yeah i just think that sometimes a lot of times it's not constructive or useful at all but sometimes you get a little gem of like oh i noticed three people don't like the way i do x maybe it's time to start coming up with a different way to do it it's it's like a it's like polling your audience it's like getting a live reaction from everybody it's helpful for like if you're repeating shtick yeah and and sometimes if you especially if you're doing a lot of stuff you forget you did something yeah or you did it that way no, like, and yeah like, you do this oh, a yeah, lot you're right i did yeah. do that four weeks ago exactly um, i think they're good at keeping people in check i just need to keep myself in check and not read every probably every twitter reply well i think it's interesting there's this whole thing that's come up about um how females in sports media, how social media is so tough to them. It, for me, it's like, isn't social media, isn't it just mean for everybody? Yeah. I don't really think we can narrow it down to one group of people. It seems like yeah, I think everybody, everybody gets it. I've gotten some of the worst emails. I, I mean, I people wouldn't even believe it, but that's the internet. It's just kind of is what it is. You and it's also sports. It. People are very protective of their, like their sports teams and, and their, oh, you're biased. And the, yeah. yeah, it's it's there's a lot of that. Like I always say, I would not trade Twitter accounts with Joe Buck if you paid me. Because if you see the things he gets when he calls a game, it's like, oh my God, I don't get any of that. Women just get a lot of the, go back to the kitchen, what do you know about sports, show me your boobs. Go back to the kitchen? Oh yeah, it's still a thing. That's still alive. That's great. I didn't know that. Make me a sandwich. Go go back to the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Not very useful in the kitchen. Get me some coffee. Yeah. Yeah, that, so but especially that. if you're not that useful in the kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's like, okay, well, now I'm in the kitchen. The f*** do you want me to do? Like, I don't even know how to... I don't like cold cuts. I won't touch them, so I can't make you a sandwich. So here's some mac and cheese. Mm. So go back to sports. this show is weekly? Yep. 
weekly. We're talking Sunday about night. Garbage Time with Katie Nolan. Great title. <laughs> Thank you. Really, I'm so jealous of the title. Jacoby was jealous of yeah. the title. We're all jealous of the title. I'm not going to... I love I titles. Don't, I don't like to brag, but I did come up with that title. I'm very proud of it. A lot of, of things about Garbage Time perfectly sum up the show. Like, I'm a rookie, and I'm yeah. going to have my own show. So it's Get like some no, shots off. Exactly. It's it, Sunday people night. People might not be watching. It's the, the end, end of the week. Of the week. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty great. So it's 11 p.m.? No, it's 9, 9.30. Out here, it's 6.30. Oh. Yeah. I think. Well, I'm so sure. you got to really wait out the whole Game of Thrones Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. May Sweeps Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. So June. DVRs are... Do you have a DVR? Do I have a DVR? You know, yeah, can you DVR program that from your BlackBerry? I, I tell people all the time, Grant Lynn Basketball, yeah. or DVR. Do you have a TiVo? I bet you still have a TiVo. I do not have a TiVo. I have a DVR. All right. I'm actually with technology other than uh, the BlackBerry. I'm usually ahead of the game. Yeah. I was the first kid in my block with a DVD player. Oh, my God. Yeah. In like How did that feel? It was great. You, you still brag about that. It was great. It's good. I was like, where do you guys hear this movie? It sounds so good in DVD. <laughs> it looks so clear. Oh. Uh. <laughs> So every Sunday. Every Sunday. Who's going to be on this show with you? Well, You're so, not going to be on by yourself just staring there at the camera and just rattling stuff off for an hour, right? No, it's half an hour. Half an hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a mix of – it's going to kind of be like a late night show, but at 930. So there's going to be like you know monologue jokes and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. and you know rants. I hate that word, but that's what everybody calls them. Um, and then we're going to have some – you know podcast-esque discussions with like bloggers or or people that work in and around the industry that I find interesting that we can so just talk about. Right. And that we can talk about like the issues of the week, but in a very laid back, not like a, what's your take? Here's my take. And then we debate just like a the way you would on a podcast, get into like a deeper conversation with a person that I find interesting. And then we're going to have hopefully celebrity guests. <laughs> Got to book those. And then... um and then maybe some like sketches or out in the field, me being goofy kind of stuff. I like your, what's your take? What's my take? What's the beat? Yeah. I don't. That felt I, like a dig. At, at what? At, I mean, at at some you, sort at of the, s- I, structure of creativity that may be existing right no, now. Or not. I just don't, you know, want to be the second take. You know what I mean? Second take. Yeah. Right. Well, right. you're the last take, conceivably, because yeah. it's. Maybe that's what we should call it. Sunday night wrap up. And then Jacoby can have garbage time. Garbage time. And I'll take last take. You're not going to, don't have the garbage can as the logo though. No. What made you, you like you came up with in your head that I was going to have that. I wouldn't have that. Have some faith. I got worried for a second. Don't get worried. I I also haven't seen the logo, so I don't know. But if it's a garbage can, I would never be like, yes. Make sure it's not garbage, anything relating to garbage, Oscar the Grouch. Nope. If you want to go like old school garbage time NBA player, I think that might be the move. Okay. Do you want to come on as a consultant to the no, show? No, I want to come on as a guest. <laughs> okay. Although Are they going to too... let you do that? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, you don't care anyway. What? <laughs> you don't follow the rules. How <laughs> to follow the rules. No, I do care. I just want to come on. Why wouldn't I be able to come I, on? I don't, I don't know how the cross network stuff works. I don't know either. Who cares? I don't. We're all part of the same giant television family yeah. that's on DirecTV and yeah. Time Warner. All right, and you'll, you'll gain so many new viewers if you come over to Fox yeah, Sports be good. All those people will be like, who's Sunday this night? guy? What's ESP, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, it'll be great for you. Expand your audience. Going against Game of Thrones, that'll be awesome. Yeah, it'll be great. We just did a Grantland show. We were against The Bachelor, SNL 40, 
the NBA All-Star Game. Oh, yeah, no. And Walking Dead. Do you watch that show? Of course. I don't watch that show. So what do you watch? I should probably I start. I think you're a big pop culture maven. Um, well, that's Semi-maven? No. I guess so. Um, what do I watch? I currently am like getting caught up on old shows, like diving into... Um, old shows? Like... I, God, it's embarrassing to admit. I'm, I'm into Fringe. Remember that show? It's embarrassing to admit. I just talked about my BlackBerry and my AOL account. Yeah, I know. I remember Because fringe. I brought it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking for a show on Netflix. My boyfriend and I watch like shows that we'll only watch together. But it's tough when you do that with new shows because it's like, I don't want to wait for this person to watch this episode. So we watch Fringe together on, on Netflix. It's a crazy show, Bill. It's I don't crazy. Know, which, where was Fringe on initially? You like USA or something? Maybe. It's J.J. Abrams and oh, it's uh, Joshua Jackson. Right. Pacey. Pacey. And yeah. then the guy in The Affair, too. Don't yeah. That. I've never seen it. The Is that good? Was, I yeah. heard it was meh. It's pretty good. Meh. I like the Hamptons. I like the, when things are set in the Hamptons and Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. So douchey. I like when it's like rich people coming in and the people who were there oh. the whole time, they resent them. Mm. I'm always in on that A plot. class struggle. You I like, like class, class struggle, struggle with my TV shows. That's right. why I love the OC. I like 90210. Yeah, I like class struggles. I'm trying to think of what else I watch. Wait, do you guys – so do you when, you when you commit to watching a show from beginning to end on Netflix, you and your boyfriend, Yeah. that opens the door for Netflix cheating? Yeah, but see, we don't. We won't. That's the so thing. So completely Netflix monogamous. Right. And we have like m- like current shows we can watch separately. Yeah. That's, we're doing the Netflix thing on purpose so that we don't make each other want to cheat and watch without each other. Because who is really like, I'm dying to see Fringe today. It's really, <laughs> there's no. You have nobody else. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, oh, someone's live tweeting it. It's never going to be spoiled. Yeah. So we just watch like the, three episodes at a time. The worst thing I ever did to my marriage was when I was on the road, the first, uh, the 2013 playoffs. We were at the same pace on Breaking Bad, my wife and I. Ooh. And then I was on the road. You pulled ahead? Oh, I didn't just pull ahead. I, I, I was like Usain Bolt. I, I, I went two and a half seasons ahead. Did you And then when I came back, she was like, hey. Her? No, I didn't really tell her. Oh, my God. So when I came back, she was like, hey, now we can watch Breaking Bad. And it was literally like I cheated on her. Did you? Oh, so you told you didn't just fake it. You weren't like, yeah, sure. Oh God, what's oh, happening? Oh, I can't believe what's happening with Gus. Yeah. no, I couldn't. I'm not. I'm not a good liar. All right, I guess you get some points for that. But yeah, I'm very transparent. How could you do that? I know. To her? We're in the road. I couldn't sleep. Oh, I can't sleep on road. East Coast that's time. A, a lot of people use that excuse for all East, types of cheating. That's true. That's true. Oh, I was true. on the road. I was lonely. Yeah, it was three in the morning. Oh, I couldn't think of anything to oh, do. Oh, so I went down to the hotel lobby and picked up Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, but. The uh, I, when I go West Coast East Coast, I can't sleep. I'm so adjusted. I guess in my that makes head. sense. Yeah. Even like when I was back for All Star for two days, and the parties and stuff are till like three in the morning. It's like great. I'm a, It's like midnight back home. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite here. Like right now, I have no idea what time it is, but it feels like to me like nine o'clock. We well, usually the East Coast people they come here and they get up at like four in the morning. Yeah. When I come here and they're yeah. like, "Oh, Katie, we're picking you up at eight for your shoot." I'm like, "Cool, pick me up at six. I will be up. I'm just I don't be ready. I can't sleep." Yeah. It was but I go to everyone's like, "Let's go out for drinks," and at ten, I'm like, "Ooh, time mm. to go home." Let's talk sports stuff. Okay. Um, What's that? Well, you're a Boston. Should sports I go fan. to the kitchen? No. Okay. You're a Boston sports fan. I'm a Boston sports fan. All the Boston you just sports lost, like, fans. Tons of people just no, tuned they're fine. out. No, because they, they, it's us against them now. <laughs> they're hate listening to this it's conversation. Been it's like, us here they go. He's going to talk about the f- Patriots again. He's going to do it. You're such He's a homer. You guys are such homers. homers. Go defend Fleeky. Yeah, so let's talk about us versus them. Yeah. Because that's what this has become. Yeah. Um, the Fleeky. Do you feel like the Patriots have been railroaded? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I think what what pissed me Homer off the Katie most. Does Homer Katie feel that, or does real Katie? No, feel real that? Katie. Okay. Homer Katie. Real Bill the, feels that's it what too. sucks is you can't like you can't ever say I'm a Patriots fan and then defend the Patriots because everyone's like, oh, you're just a fan. It's like no, I'm a logical thinking person, and I think that what pissed me off the most about Deflategate was that it was just reported as fact across the board. Patriots are cheaters. They're First cheated. story. Just they did took this. Off. This is eleven blah, blah, to twelve blah. balls. Cheaters, and yeah. then it was like, but 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 the NFL says they're still investigating. They haven't investigated, and like. Not that I trust their ability to investigate, but like, Why would you? there was no, f- there weren't, there weren't facts, and even when there were, there was like, well, a couple conflicting facts. It was just like maybe we should wait before you go calling people cheaters. Mm. But no, because it's the Patriots, and they have a history of doing a thing that other teams did, and we got caught doing. Like the Indianapolis <laughs> guy who wrote that. Belichick needed to step down before the Super Bowl. That, that was good. Bob Kravitz. We won't forget you, Bob Kravitz. That was amazing. There was somebody else, too. I feel like it was a Sports Illustrated guy who wrote an article that was like, oh, come on. This is a joke, People right? People got so upset. Oh, my God. So upset. And it seems like football is, first of all, we haven't solved the cheating problem of football if people are calling in the plays like this. Where yeah. They put the... Like, why are you putting your little play menu over your face every time you call <laughs> play, play if nobody's allowed to videotape your signals yeah. or, or do any of that stuff? Yeah. So let's just, let's be, so that bothered me. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the Spygate thing has now been like, has gone to a level that was way beyond what Spygate actually was. That's what I say. Is that like, it was a thing. It was a, tr- it was a, it was a discre- indiscretion. But it wasn't the the indiscretion that everyone's making it to be. Right. It wasn't like we snuck into a practice and set up a camera and stood in the. It was a it was a thing that was happening. We just were at a location we weren't supposed to be at. They changed the rule before that season, right? In the first game, they put somebody in the stands to videotape, which you're not allowed to do, right? They got caught because of a, a, a because of an ex assistant, yeah. yeah, another jilted one. A lot of right. jilted people. A lot of people have an axe patrons. to grind. Yeah, a lot of axes, and they grind it on us. A lot of axes, and I'm sick of being ground on. A lot of axes, yeah. And it was funny when this Deflategate thing happened. It seemed like almost everybody who went after the Patriots on TV were people that had lost a Patriot, uh, a playoff game to the Patriots. Funny how that works out. And each time it was like, oh, Marshall Falk, oh, yeah, we, we beat you in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm glad you're weighing in on this, Marshall Falk. Mm, you're totally unbiased. And it was like Bill Polian, oh, yeah, you... After 2004, the the playoff game, you you try to change the rules so so people couldn't get jammed at the line anymore. But we're biased because we're, we're biased. Pats fans. I think it, maybe everyone's biased. Every, I mean, yeah. But my thing is like it almost makes me wish like that I never said I was a Patriots fan because it's like no, I'm making a logical point, and you're dismissing it because you know that I'm a Patriots fan. But my point is still logical. Who's dismissing? Just it? like the world, when you, every oh, time yeah, yeah. you present them with an like, oh, well, we can't jump to a conclusion because blah blah blah, Pat's fan. It's like, all right, or a person with a brain. I kind of like it now, and this title meant it was way up there for me because now I like just want another one. Now it's like fine. Everybody hates us. Great. Yeah. Just you know what? Let's ride this out. We got three more years of Belichick. Let's just be the bad guys. I'm fine with it. I'll root for I'll root for the Yankees. Great. I know. That's what we are, though. That's where the Yankees. When you were growing up in the streets of Framingham, <laughs> it was a Boston sports drought. Yeah. You grew up with a drought. Yeah. And then they win a title. The uh, the Pats win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're probably like a teenager, barely at that point. Yep. And then it's just the first Super Bowl I off. ever watched was the the Green Bay 
Patriots. 96. Yeah. That right. was my first, like, I don't I don't know if this is, like, outing me as being, like, a really sheltered kid, but my parents let me stay up to watch well, that the one. Super Bowl. I feel like I was in, I think I was in, like, third grade. And I remember just it being late and me being really tired, but I wasn't going to go to bed until it was over. And that was the first, like, that I can remember, the first time I was, like, devastated by yeah, a sports moment. It yeah. was like, wait, I wish I didn't watch this. Because tomorrow, everybody who didn't watch this isn't going to care, and I feel sad. But then after that, being a Boston fan was great. Well, the next six years weren't great, and then all of a sudden well, it was really yeah, great. Well, yeah, but I mean, once, yeah. the, once the floodgates opened, per se. It's been unbelievable. That we haven't closed them, really, yet. I, It almost feels like it's, like, too good to be true. I feel guilty about it yeah, a little. Yeah, I do, too. I feel, I feel like you're supposed to struggle and be bummed as a Boston fan. We had some bad losses in there, too, so maybe that was part of the struggle. Yeah, but there still. Some, like, I just, those two like, giant Super Bowls were brutal. Oh, 2010 NBA so Finals Game 7 was, in was brutal. I was in college in New York for the Giants when we had the undefeated season with the... Mm. And I was at a, obviously, a Super Bowl party with all New Yorkers, all Giants fans. And I was like, guys, we're going to kill you. I was a one Pats fan. Oh, obviously no. super loud. We're undefeated. Like, you're going to... Yeah. That was the worst. Didn't see that one coming. No, not at all. Not at all. Hmm. But, like, my father, I feel like he looks at me as, like, privileged Red Sox fan. Because he suffered through oh, like all he- those... And we now, I've seen, you know... Was even I was at the last World Series win, which was amazing. But it's like we don't. I don't know. It's I, I'm I, I'm torn because you want them to win, but then it's also like if you win too much, then you start to get a little. You know, it's not as interesting anymore. Then you're jaded. Yeah. You get to that Hugh Grant you, Hugh Grant phase where you're driving around at five thirty at night picking up hookers to try to get a rush. Yeah, I've I know that stage well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so. Is your dad the reason you followed sports, or was there somebody else um, that yeah, caused well, this? Yeah, well, so my brother, the, my brother's the reason I was really into hockey. Um, and yeah, my, you're a huge Bruins fan. Yeah. It's been a d- disappointing year for that, for me, mainly because I used to go to a lot. My parents have Bruins season tickets, and I used yeah. to go to a lot, and just with this year being what it's been, I haven't had the time to get back home. So my dad will give me these tickets, and then I have to call him the week before and be like, I can't make it home. I have seen an embarrassingly low number of Bruins games this year. I have mm. to get that whatever for the TV to be able to watch games everywhere. So you, you don't know what it's called. What am I talking about? You have a BlackBerry. I have to b- figure out. First of all, how dare you? That. I have all the devices that I allow know, me to see television. You do. I know. That's I my just, specialty. Ugh. So you stuck with the Bruins even when the owner basically tried to destroy the team and the lockout, all that stuff. Like you were just. Yeah. You were still there. Yep. Lockouts are the worst. It's what's, as a hockey fan, it was just like, you knew it. Every time the CBA was up, you were like, well, here we go. Another lockout. Momentum, had, and then nothing. I loved hockey as much as I loved all the other sports through college. And then eventually Jacobs killed me. And when Bork, when they sent him to Colorado so he'd have a better chance to win the cup, mm, I, was, I was officially just done. out. And then, But you're back no, come 08, back 08 yeah. like well cuz one of the best things that happened was on TV it just looked better you could see the puck so once i had they it they should it was put like, like a tail behind the puck so you could see it when there's a slap shot they don't need to do that anymore <laughs> it's so clear <laughs> no it's just i thought that was a brilliant idea by that network that did that but if you watch the old tapes from that you can see why they did it yeah, cuz it's you so blurry you couldn't yeah. see anything all those games from the 90s you could barely see anything i still feel that way about golf 
I try to watch Bobby golf on TV. I cannot see they the ball. They need the tailing ball. I cannot see the ball. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm and everyone's always going, look at that shot. Like, Shut. You can't see it. You're mm. lying. You can't so, see that. 08 was when I started to get sucked back into the playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. But then when I got playoff the Kings tickets. Playoff hockey is better the best. than any other sports playoffs. It's just. So we got the Kings tickets, and now I'm really back. Like, I know everybody on the. I'm going to write a 25. So you're a Kings fan now. I'm not a Kings fan. My kids are Kings fans. When the Bruins Um, came here, guess who rooted for the Bruins? This guy. I, but still, what? I know. Your kids are Kings fans? My kids grew up here. What am I going to do? Tell them that they're Bruins fans. You can't do that with kids. You can tell them who not, you can tell kids who not to root for. Tell them not to root for the Kings. Because they need to root for the Bruins. You want your kids to root for the local team, at least one of them. Do you? You kind of do. Well, it was great, though. You'll love this. The Bruins came to town. I rooted for the Bruins. They rooted for the Kings. Mm. The Kings won. They taunted me the whole third period. We went. It was great. It was a fun, that sounds fun. parent-kid experience. But yeah, the, ever since we got Kings tickets, they won two cups. Oh. And the Bruins won one, almost won a second. Mm, but now this Bruins run feels like it's teetering. Yeah. They're in a weird place. They have a lot of moves to make. Well, they have a lot of moves to make, but... I mean, there might be real moves that yeah. would be like end of the era type moves. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a Chara rumor that went around, and who knows if it was true. But that was, when I read that, I was like, whoa. Mm. His injury at the beginning of the season, it was just everybody was like, well, there it goes. Like, this is a year to not be too invested in the Bruins. We just don't look like the same team anymore. Hockey's rough because you get like four years of trying to contend, and it's like seven years. Yeah. Like four years of hockey when you're in going three, four rounds every time, the way it's built. Yeah. The same with the Kings this year. They played like, I think, 26 hockey games. You're a games. Kings fan. I'm not a Kings you fan. Are. You are. It's so, though? it's like you're trying to here's, put up the facade. You're just like, Kings, Kings, Kings. Here's here's what I want. Homer. I want, I want playoff games. They're two point. They're two yeah. points out of the eight spot. I just want to go to the playoff All games. All right, you can go. You don't have to root for them. It hurts my feelings, Bill. You understand when you have kids. When you have kids, all you want is your kids to be happy. Well, that's why maybe I won't have kids. (laughs) That sounds tough for me. Let me put my needs second. What can I do for you, small person? (laughs) I don't know if I can do it. Can you at least respect the concept of... Yeah, no, I get it. No, no, of this concept. Oh, Telling them who not to root for. Like I basically... I wrote a column about this once. I laid out all the teams they just weren't allowed to root for. Not allowed. Lakers. Yankees. Like don't all the New York. There's no New York team that's allowed. I think that's why I'm Chicago struggling Black with Hawks. this. With this is because I, if I were to have these proverbial children, mm. I live in New York. So it would be like you want your kids to root for where they grew up. It's like hell no, my children are not going to root for the Yankees. I will, I'll, I'll put them up for adoption. I'm not afraid to say that. Like I don't, I don't want to see that in my house. Well, you like, shouldn't be afraid to say it. Um, like, I wouldn't let my kids. Yeah, even if you live there, you can't. So, like, that's why I see it as you're here in LA. The LA Kings are harmless, though. They're like, I you mean, know, they have like 20,000 fans. They have 20,000 diehard fans. Are they? Are your kids Dodgers fans? No. Lakers fans? God, no. So, they Clippers hate the fans? Lakers. No. Boston no, for Celtics. The softer, no. Oh, they're Celtics fans. Celtics. Save them. Celtics. Let them be Clippers fans. Well, that's. I don't, I personally don't even enjoy the Clippers that much anymore. All right. Now they love hockey. My son loves hockey. That's great. He loves when he plays video games. He plays the Bruins because he loves Chara. That's fun. Because he's one punch Chara. Because he, he saw the clip this year and that was like the greatest. That's clip all you need he's when you're seen. a kid. 
I saw yeah. this one thing this guy did. I am a fan forever. He loves the fighting. He knows who all the fighters are. Yeah. And that's how I was when I was a kid. It was... All right. It was the fighting in the game. Does he play hockey? He's starting this year. That's actually. exciting. Yeah. And expensive. It, a little bit expensive. Not that terrible. All sports are expensive for I kids. know, but hockey was... My brother played hockey, and I wanted to play hockey, too. But it got to a point where for my parents to buy his equipment and then buy me equipment. Because I was wearing his hand-me-downs, but then eventually... He's a boy, and I'm a girl. I don't know if that was clear with the brother-sister thing. Right. But it just, they didn't fit the same. I needed my own equipment, and my parents were like, you're going to take up rhythmic gymnastics instead. That's what you did? Mm-hmm. Rhythmic gymnastics? Junior Olympic gold medalist. What? In rhythmic gymnastics. What the hell just happened? How long did you do that for? Um, A long time. But from when I was like a small child to probably in high school. How many hours a day was Super that? Super weird. Um, it was mostly like Friday and Saturday extensive practices, and then we had dance classes throughout the week because it's very rooted in dance, ballet. That whole gymnastics world is a quagmire Crazy. of hours and money and, mm-hmm. and everything. Well, yeah. see, we're not as we weren't as crazy um, because you know we're we don't do the backflips and stuff. We just do the ribbon dancing and the mm. hoops and the. Uh, but yeah, it was a huge commitment, and it was like competitions were like in Connecticut every weekend because there aren't think of how many times you've heard the word rhythmic gymnastics there aren't a lot of teams that were around you that were doing it right uh so we would have to travel pretty far that was like my whole life as a kid it feels like a completely different world now obviously but I'm like 30% sure that you're making this I'm not making it up I swear I could. I you came in with your friend Dave, too. and you're like, "I'm going to go on the Simmons podcast. I'm going to make up this whole rhythmic gymnastics background." And I don't, he's I'm not that it. smart. And then I'm going to mock him afterwards. So why'd you quit after I high school? I came up with that idea. I didn't quit. This is a devastating, sad story. Oh no! Um, my Jacoby knows I don't allow tears in the studio. Oh, I won't. If cry. anybody's, you about, might cry. No, I don't allow my own tears oh, either. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not that sad. The the. Basically, the dance studio that we were based out of was run by the grandmother of one of the girls that was on my team. Yeah. And the girl on my team was good, but she was also sort of getting, when she started to get into high school, she was sort of like a, like, screw this. I don't really want to spend all my time doing this, like, nerdy. Because think of yourself in high school trying to explain to kids that, what do you do on the weekends? Come to this party. Oh, no, I have a rhythmic gymnastics meet. It wasn't exactly the coolest thing. So she started to get a little like, I'm not really interested. And then one day she woke up and was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And so her grandmother was like, okay, our team is no longer. And so That's we were terrible. like, well, my, so my family was like, what do we do? We tried to find another coach. There were none in the area. And then it was like, we have to move our family to Rocky Hill, Connecticut, if we want you to be able to keep doing this. Not a bad town. Yeah, but it's also like not. Not Massachusetts. I don't ever want to live in a state that doesn't have its own sports teams. It's a great point. Creeps me out. Um, But so, yeah, it was just like a, well, sorry, Katie, you can't do that anymore. So if, if you're paying attention, you'll notice in that story twice I was told, sorry, Katie, no more of that for you. Hockey and then rhythmic gymnastics. But what did I do? I persevered. We'll be back after this. Sounds like a 30 for 30. Yeah. What if I, what told, if I you told you? A rhythmic gymnastics legend was not a legend. They <laughs> owned her own show called Garbage Time. Uh, well, that's depressing. Yeah. Could you have done it in that's college? Really I mean, do they have that for college? I have no I idea. What I don't the... think so. No, but I mean, it's in the Olympics. It's an Olympic sport. But the and you it... were the junior Olympics champion. Yes. Is this on YouTube? 
Uh, no. This was way before YouTube. I was a small child. I would say that I'd find you video, but um, also throughout to. my childhood, I had a very short boy haircut. Oh, Tom And boy. so it would be really embarrassing to show you the video, not just because of my sweet moves, but because, like, Tomboy. I looked like a dude. Um, mm. Yeah. But um, it once it became an Olympic sport, because it wasn't, I remember I, I VHS taped the first Olympics, it was the 1996 Olympics. Yeah. It was the first Olympics where it was a, a sport. And I set my VCR, like not my DVR, my VCR to record. And I watched it and was like so amazed. Um, and after that, it got, it got really more, like I would never have been able to compete at that level. At the beginning, maybe, but then it just got, it's all about now like being super flexible and like contortion-y and doing crazy things. So your dad. But it could have been me. Because I was my daughter's not even ten yet, but I was worried about like someday like I don't know if she goes on to do stuff and I'd Google her or whatever and I'd get upset if I saw things or I, who knows. What are you talking about? No, like she became you know if she became a good athlete oh. or if she went. Like, I wasn't talking that's about not like, what it was like Jade you, on the you, Bachelor. You'll listen back to what you said and realize how it I took it that right. way. No, you should. She'll go on to do stuff. I'll Google her and see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, do stuff in a positive way. Great. Uh, so what did your dad think about like the last five years and all of a sudden you've become visible? He is very proud. Good. Like an embarrassing amount of proud. Does he brag about you? Yeah. And he'll like post his Facebook statuses about me a bunch. It's very sweet. But I just get, it's just like, dad, shh. shh. But he's very proud. Um, and excited. He always was. Even when I was making really stupid videos on the internet. He would like share them with his friends and like sit around and at his golf tournaments and watch. That's he's, nice. Yeah, he's very supportive. I also think he's m- the most excited about it because he feels like if I keep going on this trajectory, I can finally pay him back for college. So <laughs> he's like, "Go get him, kid. Get that paycheck. Can I have some?" <laughs> Well, that might happen. No, it's going to happen. I was blissfully ignorant to how much money – I thought I took out, like, a huge student loan, and paid. I've paid that off since. But come to find out, like, my dad kind of did me a solid, which I only recently found out and only because I forced him. And now I'm going to just have to – I won't stop till I pay him back because, like, I'm not even using my degree and I feel super guilty about it. I was a poli-sci major. <laughs> Why? I know. What was your Why? goal with that? I don't know. What would you end up I doing? I wanted to be a sports agent. What? So poli sci? I know. I'm an idiot. I was an idiot. I was 19. I mean, I majored in PR, but at least there's like a field called public relations. Like, what's I'll tell you the, this though. What? Poli sci was weirdly good for what I do for a living because it teaches you to take history mm-hmm. and make crazy arguments about things in history. And you're which very is good kind of like sports, yeah. right? Same thing. You're talking about Abdul Nasser makes some hot take. Abdul Nasser hot take. You mm-hmm. know, you're off and running. All right, I guess that makes sense. PR yeah. kind of helped me do what I do now. But I mean, really, my degree is useless. I would think it's weirder to have a PR major than a poli-sci major. Why? Can you go into into the job field and work at a political science firm? No, it doesn't exist. It was, it was a gateway to law school. Oh, to more school. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not why a job. You don't, they don't pay you to go to but school. But that's why I was an idiot. Yeah. Because I, I, for some reason, when I was 19, I was like, you know what would be cool? College and then more school. Yeah, I couldn't do then that. four more years of school or three, PR, whatever it is. PR, four years, and then you go out and you get a job at a firm. So what's, what's your career look like seven years from now? What are you doing? What do you see yourself doing? 
this. What's this? <laughs> what do you mean? Um, I see. It's I a very see, fair uh, question. Yeah, I know. Don't mock I just my question. I hate like where will you be in five years? Because in seven years, if we're being honest, as a woman, like if I'm having kids, gotta have them in seven years, right? I don't know. You can have them so in your sixties now. Gotta, well, I don't know. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills have about them. About that, crank them yes. And I 60s. love to model my life after what the Real it. Housewives of Beverly Science Hills is are great doing. Now. Science is great. Yeah, a lot of scientific. I don't want to like. I don't want to. I want to be able to retire without having a kid to take care of. You know what I mean? Like I want to retire with them already doing their lives. So and you if you have a make... kid when you're 60 and then you retire, you're like still raising it and paying for it. It's college. Could you see stuff. yourself like hosting, I don't know, a Super Bowl pregame show? Or do you see yourself as like your own act, like trying to create content and being creative? Probably more the second option. I mean, I, I like doing this but i also like the thought of you know taking a like a super bowl pregame show and putting something in it that people aren't used to like part of me is like yeah do your own thing and have these studio shows and and go that route but the other part of me is like but if you really want to like shake things up you should do what everybody's already doing and and shake that up you know what i mean because if people are watching a super bowl pregame show and it's not it's the same usual stuff and they don't go and look for other things then they're never going to experience that. What I think can make sports so fun is like when you stop taking them so seriously and you start just enjoying it. When's the last time you watched a Super Bowl pregame show and you were like, "This is never fun." They're having, they're all friends with each other and really enjoying it. What a great joke that was! It's like very rigid. So the problem is, and I may or may not have personal experience with this. What seems to be a great idea on paper Mm -hmm. with some sort of mainstream gigantic property. The more suits that you get involved who get scared by anything that deviates from any semblance of the norm and whatever idea was in there yeah. suddenly morphs that's into an just, idea. That's not that like, good. We don't tell them. Right. You don't tell them until you're actually doing it on yeah. the air. That's why you got to like sneak in and be like, yeah, I'll host your show. And then you just. But you've thought about, for, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but you've thought about possibly doing more than just sports. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You've thought about doing stand up, I bet. Mm-hmm. But you I never tri- actually did, right? I tried or did it. You? I tried it. You tried stand up twice, two uh, two times. When was that? Um, trying to put it on the timeline. I was still bartending. Oh. Or had just I had just quit bartending to do videos full time. So it was probably it was a summer of I don't know. 2011 or probably. Something. Yeah. So you did two times. You just didn't like it, or you? No, freaked out? I wasn't good at it. Um, <laughs> Well, so I took a stand-up class because I wanted to try it and also because I wanted to, like, just learn that skill of, you know, writing jokes. Yeah. it was just a thing that I was doing every day and I was alone and I felt like I was getting in my own head about it and writing jokes of, like, the same format every day and I needed something to, like, shake me up. So I took a a stand-up class, which was helpful but was also basically just a person that would push you to do stand-up. And at the end of that class, you had to do a – it was like a showcase or a recital, like an adult recital where you would have to come and, and everybody had to do a five-minute act. That was my first time ever doing it. Uh, things were going well, and then I forgot my next joke. And at that stage of the game for me, forgetting the next joke wasn't like, think on your feet, come up with the different. It was like I stood and I looked at the audience for right. what was probably froze. like 15 seconds but felt like five minutes. I sort of looked at them, and then I was like, 
you came to a student show- showcase, you knew this was going to happen. So just give me one minute and it'll come back to me. And I was hoping they would smile like, we're with you. And everybody else instead was like, get off the stage. Why are you still here? Came back to me. I finished it. Everybody told me I did great. But it was one of those things where they pat you on the back and you're like, I know that you're patronizing me. I know it was bad. I didn't speak for a solid 15 seconds. So then my friend is a stand-up comedian. Like He does like Caroline's. So he's pretty legit. And he was coming home to Boston to do a show. And he was like, I want you to do like an act. I want you to do a set with us. Him and like a bunch of his friends. And I was like, okay, how, how long? And he's like, 15 minutes. Which is like, I had no business doing that. You, it takes a good stand-up comedian like two years to work out their five, like their best That's five minutes. A lot minutes. of time. That's almost like six different bits. In yeah, and minutes. it was my second time ever getting up on stage, but I killed because the audience was my entire family. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Like my mo- like the only people that came, like my mom, my dad, my grandmother, who certainly could not hear me or understand what I was <laughs> talking was about, laughing. but was like, yes. And so then I thought I did good, and then I watch it now, and it's like, ooh, that was so bad. It takes a lot of guts, and it takes a lot of time, stand-up, because you have to keep doing it and, like, figuring out which joke worked and which joke didn't and working on the ones that did and getting rid of the ones that didn't, and it's, like, a lot of time. I always I always wanted to try it and never did, but I always have these little bits in my head that I've always wanted to. Everybody does. But it's, like, these little two-minute bits, but you know they could never last for a whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And you try to like flesh them out and you're like, nope, that actually probably wouldn't work. It's really hard. I very much, I have a lot of respect for stand-up comedians. Yeah. They all seem like they've gone to dark places, like really dark. You have to because you're getting up on stage every night and being like, this is, I'm going to tell things I think are funny and then all these people are going to judge me. But then you get to the place where Louis C.K. got to, where he's selling up Madison Square Garden for like seven nights in a row, and he could go up there and say anything, and people are going right. to laugh hysterically. But that's the exception, not right. the rule. So that, like, you can't get into stand-up and be like, I'm going to be Louis C.K., because you probably aren't. But even that, like, that's the nirvana, and now he's going out on stage going, I don't know if this stuff is funny anymore, because all yeah. these people are going to laugh at anything I say. That's true. So where am I creatively? Which is why he loves doing his TV show, I think. Yeah. Um. Trying to think what else I wanted to ask you. Terrible segue. No, that's it's good. Oh, it's natural. So, role models for what you do. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there more females in sports media who kind of stand out from a creative standpoint? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a, a me thing, or if that's just the the nature of. Sports media. I mean, I I try not to make everything like a female male issue. I know it's hard to separate it from when it is blatantly a a female male issue. But I don't want to say that, you know, because I'm a woman, such and such. For me, it's I I wouldn't necessarily pick a woman as my female as my role model just because she's a female. I pick my role model of like, okay, Tony Reale. I like what he does, and I could see myself doing what he does. He's a very handsome man. Very in shape. Yes. Tony Reale. Do you want to talk about Tony Reale a little you, bit you more? You hit him on the shoulder and I just mm-hmm. feel inadequate. I'm like, God, I should really got to work out. Like, this guy's ripped. Yeah. I had no it's idea you had such feelings for Tony Reale. Not feelings for him. For just more envious. Him. Yeah, envy. Feelings about him. Envy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see, like, for me, role models are people that are doing something I could see myself doing or that I want to do, but I don't necessarily care if they're a man or a woman. Because I don't mm. think that changes the fact that I could do or want to do what they do. You know? I see your point on that. Yeah? But I think the reason it's an interesting question and why you'll probably keep getting it for the next 10 years of your life is because 
I have a million dudes I can watch talk about sports, you know? Yeah. And there's just not a lot of females. And I'm always more interested, even like when talking to Beetle about stuff, I'm always interested in her take on stuff because it's different than most of the takes I'm getting. And yeah. even though it's, it has nothing to do with males being better, females being better, any of that stuff, it's right. just like, I just like different takes. Perspective, yeah. yeah. Perspectives would, are important. It would be fantastic if, if most people thought that way about it. Just sports has this, I don't know, this like air around it that sports fans will sometimes be like, why do I care what a woman says about basketball when she never played basketball? Why do I care what this woman has to say about? Whereas I see sports as like, especially on the kinds of shows that I do or that I want to do, it's not, you're not, no one's coming to me for X's and O's. I'm not sitting down and being like, oh, run a slant. I am talking about the, you know, weirder, funnier stories, the social impacts, the, the you know, things like that. Like, things that I anybody could offer an opinion on, but that I have an opinion about. Whereas, you know, most people will be like, women can't speak to something they've never done before. I feel like anybody could speak like what makes a man more qualified to talk about like a Ray Rice situation than say a woman that to me is like what doesn't make any sense why would you want all men talking about an issue that affects men and women just because women don't play professional football they can't speak about it well like you did the Darren Sharper thing when you went after Peter King Mm -hmm. which I thought was really good thank you um I mean, low-hanging fruit, Peter King. I don't think anyone's like... No, but your perspective on it resonated a little bit more because you're a woman if compared to if a guy had done it just because of what the situation was. And I think the same thing happened with um, the Ray Rice thing. Like, the best thing we ran on Grantland was by Louisa Thomas about it. Yeah. You know? And I just think if it's the right perspective, you know, the crosshairs hit a certain way, it's always going to resonate more. But I don't think... That's necessarily, you know, I think your attitude is the right attitude to emulate just people who are creative. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the gender is. Right. I just got to somehow convince other people that it doesn't matter what the gender is. The other thing is you're young, which I think is another underrated TV quality because there's not a lot of young people on TV. Yeah. I think I'm still considered one of the young ESPN people. I'm like 45. I think it's probably your attitude that makes Maybe. you come off as like the. Is that what they're you're calling like, it out? An attitude? You're like the internet guy. Hmm. The guy who's not afraid to go there on his podcast and get yeah. in trouble. Maybe. That's who I am now? Was I not supposed to mention in that? In that voice? Am I that yeah. guy? Yeah. Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Not afraid to go there. Yeah. Hmm. And you hire like the, the young kids. You hire those, vo- you find those voices. And you like curate them on your little internet space, big big internet space. Sorry, I don't want to. No, I'd say little to medium. <laughs> it's a gigantic internet space. I know. I, w- I wanted you to be in that internet space, I know. but you you had a contract. You know, contracts and happen. It was a fun. It was it was a whole fun thing. It would have been a great media story if anyone knew about it. Yeah, I know. That's At the some crazy point, thing. Is in that your like book, you it's a chapter in your book? No idea. Yeah. And yeah. can't really know until it's nine months of my later. life. I'll never get back. But yeah. hey, what? No. Clearly, we need to have a discussion about what happened because I don't know about nine months of your well, life. You'll never get back. I'm Sounds saying, like pregnancy. I'm not saying it was dominated my thoughts for nine months, but it was something. You it was, know, it was I think, like here. I think you would have liked to have been maybe part of the whole team. And maybe but, I But now would things have, are great. I am happy. Things are great for you now. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, things are exciting. Nervous, nerve wracking. 
All right. Well, I I would love to come on at some point. I would love to have you on. I'm always available for text for uh, unofficial texting consulting. Okay. Consultancy. Yeah. When you see the um, when you see the logo, just be sure to let me know all your thoughts on it. Um, I think you're gonna do great. I hope. Just do do your thing. Don't overthink it. That would be my only my only advice would be. Don't overthink it. Just do you. Just go for it. Just make believe you're in your freaking apartment in Austin or where'd you live in Austin? Yeah. What street? I lived in Austin on Brainerd Road. Okay. I lived uh, in Brighton on Brooks Street over by the IHOP. So you lived in Austin and Brighton. Mm -hmm. Wow. All over the map. Didn't even try to like save some extra money and maybe move up to the outskirts of Brookline? Well, see, Brookline, you can't park on the street. Right. What is that about? No overnight parking in that whole town. Who gets to say that? Well, say so. The snowstorms now. My oh, dads yeah, living in the city, and it's like it's like all time catastrophe. No, but Brookline just year round from the but hours remember, of whatever nine right, to you're whatever. Out. No, but no I mean, parking. I lived in Charlestown for I think ten years. Yeah, and anytime there was a series of blizzards and they had nowhere to put the snow, they're just like, "Hey guys, we're towing all your cars." They're just gone. My car got wake up, it'd be so gone. many times. And it was almost like not even – now it would be like if you lived in Boston, I think you would just get – just have Uber and not even have a car in the but winter. But what do you do with your car? You like, sell it? But oh, just what? park it in like – What? Park it in Worcester. They'll, they'll tow it. Park it in some – the outskirts of somewhere. Park it to somewhere nobody – like yeah, there Boston. Was, I'm going to say 95 or 96 it was a, a winter like that one. It just had like 10 snowstorms. My car was just gone. Like I would yeah. just be like, "Oh, my car's not there." I know where the tow lot is. I knew where the address. So it was just there was nowhere to put it. Yeah, there was a, a more recent one back when I was living in Austin on Brainerd. I lived on a big hill, and it was just all the cars were snow, and yeah. so people were using it as like a like snowboarding. They were snowboarding on the like on my the car cars. was under a mound of snow, and someone was like doing a ollie or whatever it is that you call those little the kids are doing these days well for people in boston to complain about too much snow means there was a lot of snow it's too much it really seems like this it's might have been a, the most it's snow got ever. A, i've never been more grateful to not be normally i'm like i want to be home yeah no that sounds awful yeah they got real up. bad good luck with your show thank you great to see you you too come back anytime i will let me know if you need my help in any way i will. i know you can do great. always use it i hope garbage time is promoted properly by a network not named ESPN <laughs> on Fox. Good luck. Uh, Thank you. Be back on the BS report. We're cranking out BS reports. We might have a Friday trade deadline BS report if anything fun happens. Until then, thanks, Katie. Thank you. Thank you for downloading the BS report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at Pod Center at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.